What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday night at seven o'clock, and that means it is time for the Stoned On Sports Podcast. <laughs> we are thrilled that you decided to join us here tonight or later on or even the next day, whenever you're watching. We're happy you're around. Uh, tonight, we are continuing our fantasy baseball position previews. We are um, doing shortstops tonight. We did second base earlier this week, and now we're going to uh, we're going to tackle their double play partners and, and you know, finish uh, going up the middle. Before we jump into that and, and the Super Bowl talk that's going to be coming up as well, I do want to say thank you again to everybody that, that watches us and supports us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, we wouldn't be doing this without you. Kyle? That means you, oh, Dubo. That, that means you, <laughs> Dubo. What's going on, brother? In the chat, as always. Appreciate your support. Love having you here with us. Um, tonight, buddy. Yeah, I'm doing great. Doing great. Talking shortstops. Um, one of the most you know important positions in the game, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. We got some. We got some uh, rankings we put together. Um, I'll go and plop them on the screen. Right, meow. Um, Bobby Witt out there. Jesus. Did you find a more unflattering now. picture of him? No, I liked it because he was up. He's up over second base and tossing the ball to first, like he's turning a double play. He's so what kind of face is he making? Oh, I don't know. His like tongues out or something. I don't know if he's doing the Michael Jordan, but uh, he does lead our rankings as well, followed by Gunnar Henderson, Corey Seager, Trey Turner, and Francisco Lindor. Um, round out the top five. We'll go over ten of these uh, today in the list. Or in the rankings, excuse me. They are on the website at stonedonsportspodcast.com. Check them out. They're just going up every week as we do, or every show, I should say, uh, as we do the positions. Um, so just look for them there. Um, the rest of them will be coming up in the next few weeks. Oh, yeah. Glad to join as always. Dude, hey. appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Hope, hope, hope everything's going well in your life and you're having a great evening. Oh yeah. Matt, you want to get us going? Nope, because you have Bobby Witt. Oh god, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you get us started? All right. Bobby Witt Jr. Kansas City Royals. Currently, he's a top five drafted player. Um currently at an average draft position of three. Forty-seven dollars. That's that's a lot of money. Oh, yeah, it is <laughs> in auction leagues. Um, speaking of a lot of money this week, he just signed an 11 year, 288.8 million contract extension. Um, just massive. They're going to build around him, but he is, uh, one of the great young talents, um, up and coming here in the game. So, um, I look for him to do great things. Um, last year finished shortstop number two. He didn't, he was a second year. So no self sophomore slump for him. Um, this year. Um, he's the first short, the shortstop off the board in most drafts, I would assume. Uh, or not assume, but that's what's going on. Uh, last season, he scored 576 points, averaged 3.6 a game, pretty good, slash 276, 319, and 495 slugging. Had an OPS of 813, played in 158 games, so durable on the field playing. Um, had 177 hits, 28 doubles, 11 triples, which was uh, number one at the position. 30 dingers, uh, almost 100 RBIs at 96, almost 100 runs at 97, 
and 49 stolen bases, number one among shortstops. Just just crazy. He set career highs. All those are career highs across the board. Um, I think his combination of speed and power make him a very coveted player uh, this year and, and, and years to come, for that matter. Um, some drafts I'm seeing him go number two overall, even before Mookie bets. So we'll see what happens. They're, they're similar cost as well in the, in the mid forties. Um, so we'll see, um, steamer, they're a uh, website that does a lot of projections for baseball. Um, they only project two players, uh, this season to hit 30 home runs and steal 40 bases. One's Ronald Acuna. Duh. Right. The other one's Bobby Witt Jr. So I thought you were going to say Eric Haas. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you did. Um, (laughs) What I think is amazing about him is the Royals are not a good team. They were not a good team last year. They only scored uh, 676 runs as a team. That was eighth fewest. Um, And with him nearly reaching triple digits in RBIs and runs, I think is a testament to to his talent, definitely offensively. Um, He made some improvements from 22 to 23, dropping a strikeout rate from 21-4 down to 17-4, while also raising his walk rate from 4-7 to 5-8. Um, his ISO also improved from 174 uh, two seasons ago to 218 last year, and his batting average jumped about 22 points as well. A lot of growth. Hard hit was up. Strikeout was down. Walks were up, like I said. Expecting bat average was up as well. I think there's more to come with this guy. Um, the, his expected batting average and his expected slugging was both ranked in the 90th percentile or better. The only knock against him, like I said just a little bit earlier, is the Royals, the team he plays for. Um, But that seems like splitting years because he's he's managing to go, you know, 100-100 anyway. So I like him this year. Um, I don't need that position. I'm so stocked up on middle infielders. It's sick. And um, But if I didn't, I would definitely be after him. For sure. Um, One thing... I guess if you want to call it a concern, he's only drawn 20 or 20, 70 total walks his first two years in the league. And and that's why you see somebody with a 276 batting average, but only a 319 on base percentage. Um, Another thing, too, the 49 stolen bases are great. He led uh, led the league with 15 caught stealing. Oh, yes. So. Um, but still, I, I mean, that's not a horrible conversion rate. And, you know, quite frankly, with just all the, the changes that were made, you're seeing teams run uh, more and more often. He did have solid gains year over year in his strikeout percentage and his hard hit percentage. His line drive percentage was up 3%, but his fly ball percentage was down 5%. Um, he was the second fastest player in Major League Baseball last year out of, you know, a thousand or or whatever it is players (laughs) that there are, which is is just ridiculous. Anytime you can say that, you know, you're the top one or two at anything in baseball, well, maybe besides caught stealing, uh, you're doing something pretty damn good or or you've got a a hell of a lot of talent. Yeah. Supersonic in the chat. Who the hell is Namaste and why is he peeing in our chat there? uh, (laughs) Supersonic. Good to have you in here. Thanks for joining. Uh, hey, when you got to go, you got to go. Hopefully get to see you soon. Hell yeah. All right. You know what? We got somebody else up next that I had on my team last year. 
We're going to head down to Texas. Corey Seager. This dude was an absolute monster last year. Uh, Right now, he's roughly the 19th player off the board at shortstop. You can get him for 31 bucks, uh, which is a massive discount compared to Bobby Witt, who we were just talking about. He was a number six shortstop last season. This year, he's a number three shortstop off the board. He scored 493 points last year, averaged 4.1 points a game. He was one of only two shortstops to average uh, four points per game. Had 33 home runs, drove in 96, scored 88, had 156 total hits, batted 327 with a 390 on base, uh, an amazing 623 slugging for a 1,013 OPS. Yes, that was first at the position. He did all that while only playing 119 games last year. Yes, he's somebody who injuries are are a concern with. His 33 home runs tied a career high, which he said in 2022, despite playing in 32 fewer games. He led the league with 42 doubles. He had 75 total extra base hits, which is just ridiculous. And you see that reflected in his slugging percentage. Uh, the triple slash were all career highs for him in a full season. He's only played 140 plus games three times in his career uh, since 2016. That was his first full year uh, in the bigs. If you draft him, don't expect 140 games. I, I think if you can get between a you know 120 and 130, you're going to be happy with it. One thing, and as I was, you know, kind of reviewing his his batted ball and his stat cast data, something that was just shocking to me, he had a 315 plus average against fastballs, breaking pitches, and off speeds. And and what that means is it doesn't matter what the hell you're throwing this dude, he's going to hit it. He's going to hit it. It's all the same thing. Yeah. Yep. 92nd percentile or better in barrels, barrel percentage, exit velocity, max exit velocity, and hard hit percentage. I'm expecting similar numbers uh, to last season from him this year. He's hitting second between Marcus Simeon, who we talked about uh, earlier this week, and Adelise Garcia, who we'll talk about here in in the coming weeks. They're the defending champions. It's one of the best lineups in baseball. And a funny thing, just a, a coincidence about last year's playoff run for them. They won every single game on the road that they played. And the teams that they beat en route to winning the World Series spells out road. They beat the Rays, then they beat the Orioles, then they beat the Astros, and then they beat the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Oh, good. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And considering what you're getting him for, 31 bucks, you know, he's 12 13 16 $15 cheaper than Bobby Witt. I'd rather have Corey Seager. I probably would, too. Um He's a fine player, and like, and you've already mentioned. I mean, he's just he's just got those two things working against him. He doesn't run, and he can't stay healthy. That's that's like the only really two knocks you can uh, talk about him. Um, multiple aisles since on his career in his career um, over the past five seasons, he he's missed one fourth of possible games. So just beware. Um, but he is a great player, and when he was. Um, I know on your team last year and he was hurt to start the season and then just came on and he was just amazing with the stats that he was accumulating faster than guys had who had been playing all year. It, 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 it was fun to watch. He carried my team for quite a while. He kept me th- in contention by himself pretty much. Yeah. 
Okay. Next, we're headed to New York. Uh, where's the thing at? Right there. Francisco Lindor with the Mets. Uh, ADP of 24, going around $30 uh, on auction values right now. Um, shortstop three last year he finished as. Uh, had 556 points. Average three and a half a game. Slash line of 254. 336, 470 with an OPS of 806, played 160 games. He's there, um, 153 hits, uh, 33 doubles, which was sixth, 30, 31 home runs, which was third at the position, 98 RBIs, second, 108 runs, uh, also second, and uh, another 31 stolen bases, seventh at the position. Uh, he was one of four players to have a 30-30 season last uh, year. The other three? We're all first five picks in, in drafts going, even this year. Um, I think he had probably the quietest 31 homer season in recent memory that I can recall. Um, and it's even more fantastic that he did it being buried under the, the struggles with the Mets last year and they're massively underperforming. Um, among shortstops who played at least 20 games at the shortstop position, uh, Lindor ranks as follows, second in home runs, first in runs, first in RBIs, and seventh in stolen bases. Um, the the, the um, 31 stolen bases, pretty outstanding. He took advantage of the rule changes, too, um, because the previous two seasons combined, he only had 26 total. Um, durable, I mentioned he played uh, 160 games. It's back-to-back -back season now playing at least 160 games. He's now missed only 70 games in his last eight seasons. So he's somebody that you definitely can count on. I, there's nothing I can really see much for any regression in that. Um, I think he's a top five shortstop who's looked at or perceived as much lower. Um, I think he's great at the price he is. I'd take advantage of the discount if he's available in your leagues. Yeah. And I, he, he's, I think the Mets offense will be improved from last year. God, they got to be. <laughs> you you would certainly hope so. Right. Um, he's really is one of the more underrated players, both in fantasy and in real life baseball. Although I will say it is pretty rare to see somebody have their first 30, 30 season in their ninth year in the league. But overall, through the course of his career, he's been a decent source of power and speed at the position the entire time. Um, I think he's got a damn good chance to go 25-25 this year if he stays healthy. And, and you're right, the dude's on the field. He's played 140-plus games in six of seven full seasons, not counting 2020. He's going to be hitting in front of Pete Alonzo, who's going to give him plenty of protection. I would certainly rather pitch to Francisco Lindor than I would Pete Alonzo. I think he's a good bet for 180 runs plus RBI. He's going to give you a solid but unspectacular average. Um, he's going to drive in some runs for you as well. And I like that he has the extra base uh, power there as well. He, you know, he's not a dead pull hitter. He can utilize all fields. He, he's especially good hitting the ball uh, up the alley in left center. So, He's damn solid at the position. You could certainly do worse than him. Uh, considering where he's going, I think he's appropriate, appropriately priced in terms of auction value and ADP. Heck yeah. All right. So now we're going to go down to Cincinnati. 
And we're going to talk about a dude that had the entire baseball world buzzing when he came up last year. We're talking about Ellie De La Cruz of the Cincinnati Reds. ADP of around 22. You can get him for around $29. Um, he is amazing and terrible all at the same time. And, and part of it is just because he's he's so young, but you see the the upside and the talent and you just salivate at it and just you sit there and wonder what he's going to be like when he puts it all together. Last year, he was a number 30 overall shortstop. He only played 98 games, so it's completely understandable. Scored 297 points, averaged three a game, 13 home runs, drove in 44, scored 67. He had 35 stolen bases in those 98 games, 15 doubles, seven triples. His triple slash leaves something to be desired. He hit 235, got on base 30% of the time, slugged 410, good for a 710 OPS. Strikeouts are his issue. From July 1st onward, he only had 16 games where he didn't strike out. His 33.7% strikeout percentage is in the bottom 3% of the league. His 29.7% whiff rate is 5% over the league average. And when I say whiff rate, again, that's just swing and miss. You whiffed. Uh, Like most young hitters, he did struggle with breaking pitches. And for somebody who hits the ball as hard as he does, his 119.2 mile an hour max exit velocity was third in baseball. His hard hit percentage is 9% over league average. He only had a 3.6 degree launch angle. He hits the ball on the ground 54.1% of the time and only hits fly balls a little over 18%. You're going to need to see improvement there if you want to see that home run number go up. I don't give a shit how hard you hit the ball. If it's going straight into the damn ground, you ain't lagging out no damn inside the park home run. Yeah, He's going to be a beast on the base, base pass with his speed, uh, but you can't steal first base. You know, he, he's got to work on his approach at the plate. He's got to learn to be more pi- uh, patient. He's got to learn to lay off some of those breaking pitches, especially those that break outside of the zone. But that takes time to, to be able to recognize them and, and just lay off. I am expecting some gains in his average and on-base percentage. I'm really not sure how much, though. A lot of it's going to depend on just how much work he put in in the offseason and, and this year in spring training. With a talent like that, and, and this is a dude who, as his body fills out some more, we're talking about a guy who's 6'5", 200 pounds, so he can add a little bit of weight and, and a little bit of muscle to him and, and not really lose a whole hell of a lot of speed. At the same time, because of those concerns we have with him about pitch recognition and his strikeout percentage, there's a non-zero chance he gets sent back down to the minors to work on some things sure. if he struggles. So keep that Agreed. in mind. And, and you know, when you're spending that kind of scratch on him, damn near 30 bucks, and you're spending, a you know, a we'll call it a, a late second round pick on him, depending on your league size. That's a lot to invest in a dude who may not be around for the entire season. And that's not right. even to mention the glut in the infield they have going on there in Cincinnati. That And that's exactly uh, it as well. There's just um, too many players there at, at a lot of the same positions. Um, yeah. If he gets sent down, that could, that could easily happen. Um, he has, you know, contact issues. He's, like you said, he strikes out a, a bunch. It was 33%. You said, 
it's even worse against lefties. It's over 40% of the time against lefties. So you're playing him every day is unjustifiable, right? Because uh, you have other, you know, if, if there's some other infielders there playing well, Candelario, um, Matt McLean. Yeah. McLean. There's some others. Um, Encarnacion strand. Yep. I got him too. Jesus. Um, that's my problem with him now dynasty. Yeah. You, you probably want to get him for the future. Um, but for, uh, this year, I don't know about that. Um, if you're looking for potential on your team this year, you, you, you grab him, you're going to have to grab him earlier than you want to. Um, I'd stay away from him until at least the fifth or sixth round. If he makes it that far and, yeah, he ain't gonna fall that much. He's, not, I, he, he's too even, rich for my blood. Yeah, I won't think about it until the fifth round if if I'm drafted. But okay, we're headed to uh, the nation's capital. Well, wherever they play. C.J. Abrams with the Washington Nationals, ADP of thirty nine, uh, going for about twenty seven bucks. Um, finished as the shortstop number seven last year. Plus 455 points, three a game, slash line of 245, 300, 412, and a 712 OPS. Played in 151 games, 28 doubles, had six triples, hit 18 dingers, 64 ribbies, scored 83 runs, 47 stolen bases. Number two at the position, ranked fourth in all of baseball, not just the NL. I think there's a tale of two seasons for him. Um Halfway point, uh, I can't remember the date. I had it on here, I thought, but um, in, it was in July sometime. He flourished after the, he moved to the leadoff spot. Um, before he was um, down in the order, he was only hitting 233 with 11 stolen bases. He then went 12 for 25 with five steals in his first five games as the leadoff man. And um what Dave Martinez is like, yep, I got my guy. His strikeout percentage went down nearly 10% from um, the second half of the season, from the first half of the season. And I think that's pretty insane considering leadoff is probably the most difficult spot to hit. Um, the power came as a little bit of a surprise last season. Um, he just hit two homers in 90 games as a rookie and didn't really display much of that um, pop in the minors. Um, posted a quality strikeout rate, 19-2. Uh, but he just walked five five percent of his plate appearances in the ninth percentile. Um, that's why you'll see that three hundred um, on base percentage pretty subpar. Um, what else did I have about him here? Jeez, I lost my spot, guys. I'm sorry. Um, he is currently the eighth. I mentioned before eighth shortstop being taken off the board. That's narrowly behind. Bo Bichette, who we're not going to talk about today, but we probably uh, might soon. That's a much higher floor uh, with Bo Bichette. Is it Bichette? Bichette? I don't know. Yeah, Bo Bichette. Yep, somebody like him. Dynasty League, I'd be wiser to wait for Jackson Holiday than going for somebody like C.J. Abrams um, at a much better ADP with long-term stability. But Consider Abrams, Abrams an upside player, typically or especially for uh, stolen bases. Yeah, so C.J. Abrams is somebody who came over from the Padres in the Juan Soto trade. He has an absolutely elite prospect pedigree. 
right? If you are the centerpiece of a trade for somebody like Juan Soto, you know there's a hell of a lot of talent there. Um, he was only caught stealing four times. And when you contrast that with Bobby Witt, who we were talking about earlier, that is a drastic difference. Um, one thing I noticed that was kind of interesting, and, and his home run pop kind of come out of nowhere, all but two of his home runs were pulled. Um, he's somebody, he's going to bat lead off, like you mentioned. He's going to be hitting in front of Lane Thomas, who is, himself is coming off of a, a career year. I wouldn't be completely shocked if we're looking at a 2040 season for CJ Abrams. Um, he's to me, one of the most exciting players in the league, just because of that combination of, of speed and uh, home run ability. He's got to work on getting on base more though. And, and that's something, especially as we get to these guys who are in the, the double digits of rankings. And I think I said this on Tuesday, they're going to have warts of some kind. And you're going to notice a lot of these guys, primary value is derived from stolen bases and, and utilizing their speed, which is just fine because in years past, it, it seemed like stolen bases were something you could just, you could write off. You could fade it. I, you know, I, I don't give a shit because it was guys who had, they had speed, but nothing else. They were going to hit 235 with four or five home runs. Think, you know, way back in the day, think Vince Coleman, which that's yeah. probably a, a little old for most of our audience to remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, nowadays there's been a, a, a lot of changes in the way that hitters approach things. And, and Kyle, this is something you and I were, were talking about the other day. You know, you had the, the launch angle revolution here over the past six, seven years as a counter to pitchers leaning more on velocity. Uh -huh. and, and the thing is, when you're talking about velocity like that in a major league hitter, any of them can hit a hundred mile an hour fastball. You know, you're once you're up in the show, you're to the point where that just doesn't matter. Um, but the launch angle now plays a, a bigger part in that. And then you have smaller dudes like this just kind of swinging for the fences, and then you see a, a 245 average. So, But overall, where he's going, 40, I'm all right with that. I, at 27 bucks, I, I don't know how I feel about that, considering how for $4 more I can get Corey Seager with more consistent yeah. production. Um, but at the same time, if shortstop is a position I want to wait a little bit on, he's, he's certainly more than adequate. All right. Speaking of San Diego, why don't we head out there, shall we? Sure. Xander Bogarts coming off the board right around pick 109, 110. And, and now we're seeing the the average auction values come down quite a bit. He can be had for 14 bucks, which is not a whole hell of a lot when you're talking about a $260 budget. He was a number 10 shortstop last year. This year, he's a number 13 shortstop off the board. 448 points last year, averaged 2.9 a game. 19 home runs, 58 driven in, scored 83, 170 hits, 31 doubles, which is nice. He stole 19 bases, which you'll take at a triple slash, a 285, 350, 440, good for a 790 OPS. He's somebody who is, you know, one of those who's always out there on the field. He's played 140 plus games every year, but one since 2014. He's got a 350 plus on base percentage in eight of nine seasons. 
his expected stats. And, and what I mean by that is those are stats, your, your expected batting average, your expected slugging percentage, et cetera. Those are all based on batted ball data. His expected stats were all lower than his actual stats, but he's somebody who's actually consistently outperformed his expected stats throughout his career. Um, he's hitting second in a very top heavy lineup in the second best pitchers park in baseball. Um, his underlying indicators, and by that I mean his hard hit percentage, his exit velocity, and his launch angle, they've been declining the past several years. For me, I think if he can duplicate what he gave you last season, consider it a win. And if I can get, you know, 19 home runs, maybe he bumps it up to, to driving in 65 and, instead of the 58. With all those hits, the runs scored, and a chance at you know, 15 to 20 stolen bases. And again, a dude that gets on base about 35% of the time for 14 bunks or to snag him in the 10th round. Bunks. That's yeah. Thanks for pointing that out instead of just letting me continue. No, nope. I think that's a, a pretty good value. You know, he's, he's appropriately priced. I'm not thrilled if I have him, but I'm also not dreading running him out there every day. Yeah. Um, He's getting older. So what? This is his 10th year in the league. He's 31. His sprint speed has declined steadily each season. First season, 2015, he was in the 82nd percentile. Last year, 57th percentile. Still sold 19 bases, though. So the biggest red flag um, that I see about him is his declining production against four-seam fastballs. As hitters age, uh, production against four-seamers is one of the most important things to look for, especially in decline. Um, in 2018 and 19, he posted a positive run value of 17 and 22, respectively. This declined to eight in 2020, five in 2021, three in 2022, minus six last season. Um, and his slugging percentage on the four seamer dropped all the way down to 406 last season. So it's getting older, declining speed and, and, and contact metrics are just never a good sign. We'll see. I don't know. I think he'll still definitely steal 12 to 15 bases, though. Sure. And and when you're talking about a, a decline in effectiveness against four-seam fastballs, it's really because of a decline in bat speed. And think yeah. uh, I, I think the best way to compare it to something in football is a wide receiver who loses a step, who slows down as yeah. he gets older. It, it's a sure. rough equivalent to losing some bat speed. Yeah, like you see, uh, like DeAndre Hopkins there uh, in uh, Tennessee was, you could tell he was definitely slower than he was uh, seasons ago. So, okay, next up, we got Anthony Volpe from the New York Yankees, ADP of 134, going for about 11 bucks. Um, finished as shortstop number 19 last season with 345 and a half points, 2.2 points per game. He uh, didn't have great stats last year, folks. Hit 209, 283, and 383 slugging with a 666 devil OPS last season. Um, played in most of the games, 159, had 113 hits, 23 doubles, hit 21 dingers, 60 RBI, scored 62 runs, and 24 stolen bases. Oh, God. In the times that he was bad last season, it was fucking turbulent. It, it was bad. Um, 
He was well below average in most stat cast categories, including expected batting average, expected slugging, um, average exit velocity, chase rate, whiff rate, strikeout rate. He was all 20, 20th percentile or worse. Um, what else? His barrel rate, his launch angle, and his hard hit percent were all above league average, as well as his walk rate uh, and his sweet spot percentage. I know we haven't talked about that too much. I'll have to get into that later. But um, he made up for it with a nice, you know, power speed combo. But that batting average just kind of drags his whole profile down. Um, his struggles with, with non-fastballs is a significant hurdle that he needs to overcome. The guy can't hit the curve. <laughs> the guy can't hit anything other than fastballs. Um, fastballs, he has a batting average of 248 with 479 slugging and a riff rate of 22%. Pretty decent. Breaking balls, hits 147, slugs 261, 30, almost a 34% whiff rate. Off-speed pitches, Bats 204, slugs even worse at 259, and a whiff rate of 36.6. He's got to increase his batting average. His expected batting average last season was 230, and he hit 209. Um, I guess one way to get, raise that average would just drop some bunts and utilize your speed, I guess. He's a young guy. He won't till turn 23 until uh, late April. So he's still young enough to learn some things and take a big step forward. I think you're going to easily expect another 2020 season out of him, um, thanks to the lineup changes around him. Um, but I don't see enough. I don't think it warrants a draft pick prior to the 12th round. Absolutely not. And, and with his struggles with with breaking pitches, this is a dude that needs some Jobu in his life. Um, sure. Or, or something, or who knows, you know, are, are you saying Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? We'll see. Uh, right. At the end of the day, 2020 is damn solid for a rookie, you know, despite what his average and on base percentage is. I think he's a, a, a relatively safe bet to repeat that. I'm not expecting much gains in his power numbers, just considering his batted ball data. Um, at the end of the day, his role is safe. There isn't anybody down in the minors uh, beating down the door to, to take his spot there at, at shortstop. And, and he was the Yankees' top overall prospect when they brought him up last year. He came up to a lot of fanfare, and and you know this is the result that the that they got. But they're going to give him an opportunity to to stick up with the big club and and kind of figure everything out. He's going to be down at the bottom of the order, so there's going to be less pressure. But that's also relatively speaking because it is New York city, right? And it, it is a pressure cooker there. What's up blue Yes. Um, he's not somebody that I'm actually interested in at all. And, and right now, when we're talking about, uh, short stops down here and in, in the high teens and low twenties, like these are bench pieces. These are not dudes that you are counting on to start every day anyways, unless you suffered, you know, some kind of injuries or, or, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, bottom line, if he doesn't improve his strikeouts, it's going to be a long season for some fantasy managers. Yeah, it sure is. And Blue Yays, we're, we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl here in, in just a couple moments. But before we do that, we're going to head up to Beantown and we're going to talk about Trevor's story. 
coming off the board around pick 175. You can get him for for nine bucks. Um, he's been hurt really the the past couple of years. He was the number 81 shortstop last year, which it, it might as well have been a million. Um, this year he's a number 18 shortstop off the board. He scored 75 whole fantasy points last season. Good for 1.8 a game. He's he's really earning that money. Uh, three dongs, 14 stakes, scored 12 times, 32 total hits. He did steal 10 bases. Uh, his average was actually worse than Anthony Volpe. He hit 203 with a 250 on base percentage and a 316 slugging. Good for a 566 OPS. Right. Even at his age, the speed is legit. And, and quite frankly, where we are in the draft and where he's going, um, being able to get a legit 2020 threat certainly has some value, maybe at a util spot, but he's got to stay healthy. He's somebody else, just like Ellie De La Cruz, who we were talking about earlier. This dude is going to strike out a lot north of 30%. Um, he was in the top 8% in exit velocity in 2022, so the pop is still there. He's somebody who uses the entire field, but I absolutely love me some right-handed hitters playing in Boston because of the green monster, and I think he'll be able to take advantage of that um, because of just how much he strikes out and just how few walks he has. He's likely going to be below league average in OPS, but you can you should be able to, to rely on the counting stats. He's going to be hitting cleanup there in Boston, most likely. So there's going to be plenty of opportunity for run production, but it is a very top heavy lineup. I don't necessarily know that I want to pay nine bucks for him. I think I'd be happier if I can get him for a five spot for, you know, what I said is likely going to be either a bench piece or, or a util player. Yeah. Uh, and by util, I mean utility. That's the baseball equivalent to a flex spot. Flex spot. Yeah. Uh, reports are that he looks fully healthy. I think he was just simply shaking the rust off. I mean, he didn't, what, start until August, I think he, he was uh, playing. There's data out there that shows he was getting a little bit comfortable at the plate um, as the season wrapped up. I think he's a good contributor of power or speed, power and speed, and he definitely fits the bill. Um, you mentioned the lineup there. He's going to have all the big left-handed bats there, Devers, Cassis, and, and Yoshida. Um, so hopefully he's, you know, he can punch his weight in, in runs and RBIs for sure. Um, his durability is bad because he missed, what, 112 games last year and 68 games the year before due to um, some hand and heel issues. So that, the 10 steals in 43 games, I thought, was, was, was pretty good. Absolutely. All right. We've all seen what he could do when he was in Colorado and and Grand Boston and and Colorado are not the same. And and he's getting a little bit older and he did have a pretty serious elbow injury last year. But if he can come into this year, you know, relatively healthy and and if you can get 110 games out of him, that that's a win. I see that he had the UCL and didn't elect to go with the full Tommy John. He did the brace um, surgery for that one. So the Drew Rasmussen surgery. Yeah, um, and the glass now had it as well. Somebody yep. else. All right, next up, Jeremy Pena with the Houston Astros. Boo, um, yeah, exactly. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't there then. 
<laughs> Doesn't matter. Average average draft position of 226. You notice that's why we didn't talk about Altuve at the top of the uh, hour here because I don't want to talk about him. He's a cheater. Uh, going for three bucks there, uh, average auction value. Finish the shortstop, 16 overall, 357 points, 2.4 a game, slash 263. 324 and 381 with a 705 APS. Played a bunch of games, 150. Um, had 32 doubles, three triples, 10 homers, 52 RBIs. Scored 81 runs with 13 stolen bases. Um, had that strong rookie season a couple years ago where he was the, uh, wasn't he the ALCS MVP? I think he was. I think so. Um, and then he kind of fell flat last year, mostly due to. Lack of home runs. I, I, I thought he I, I thought he'd hit a lot more home runs. He did raise his on base percentage um from twenty-two to twenty-three, uh from two eighty-nine to three twenty-four, um, thanks to a modest bump in walk rate. Um he was in the bottom four in walk rate in two thousand twenty-two. He was still in the bottom thirty percent last year, but improving. That's what you're gonna be looking want to look for in your players. And he also cut a strikeout rate by about four points as well. Um, his home uh, run to fly ball rate was also cut in half, and uh, his ground ball rate did tick up about five points. His whiff rate, chase rate, hard hit rate, barrel rate, and average exit velocity and expected slugging are all in the bottom 30%. And his launch angle went in the dumpster, too. <laughs> um, another area to look for improvement is his splits. He has an 826 OPS against left-handed pitching. Um, and 665 against right-handed pitching. That's in uh, almost 1,200 plate appearances. He's not much of a base stealer. 20 seems like his ceiling. He does have wheels. Uh, he's in the 96th percentile in base running run value, according to StatCast. Definitely with, with the solid plate skills and base running, not solid plate, but base running skills uh, with that lineup, that potent lineup, Seems like a pretty way, pretty decent way for him to rack up some stats, um, considering how late you could get him. Yeah, I mean, he's somebody who his his strikeout and walk percentage are, are still below league average. Um, he's somebody who puts the ball in play and, and just kind of relies on his speed, but he doesn't really hit the ball especially hard. Minute Maid Park or whatever bullshit they're calling it nowadays, it, it's a neutral ballpark. Uh, slightly above average for home runs, but he's not really a power guy. I think if you can get like a 15-15 season out of him with 145 runs plus RBIs, I would be very happy with that considering where he's going. Um, you know, 226, we're, we're talking about, you know, 20th round, 21st round, something like that. These are our lottery ticket kind of guys. And for three bucks, it's, you know, not free, but about as close as you can get to it. And we got some jabroni coming in from Twitch. Yeah, we'll pass. Um, you know, overall, it, again, a bench piece, not a whole heck of a lot. It it, it is what it is. If you're drafting him, you're you're not drafting him expecting a, a breakout season. I'm not real big on the guy. I, I think he's better than somebody like Anthony Volpe. I, I would rather have Pena than him, but you know, that's kind of selecting between two not so great options to begin with. Yeah. And now Dubo, this one's for you, brother. Carlos Correa. 
Minnesota Twins coming off the board at around pick 250. You can get them for the the price of a McDouble, three bucks. Um, <laughs> last season, he was a number 24 shortstop. This year, he's a number 24 coming off the board. Scored 329 points, averaged 2.4 a game. Had 18 home runs, drove in 65, scored 60, 118 hits, 29 doubles, which is solid. At a 230, 312, 399 triple slash, good for a 711 OPS. Damn, that makes me want a Slurpee. Um, something about him, he's not stolen a base since 2019, and, and even then he only had one. He's actually still a pretty decent source of, of power and extra base power. I wouldn't be shocked if he had 45-plus combined home runs plus doubles, just depending on his health. And, and we all remember that fiasco uh, with him and, and his ankle and, and him trying to get signed somewhere. And, and quite frankly, I wish Detroit would have signed him over Javier Baez, but it is what it is. Um, both his walk and strikeout percentage are slightly above league average, but his strikeout percentage is increasing and his walk percentage is decreasing. Uh, his hard hit percentage has actually increased the last three seasons, and, and he's pretty well above league average. Target field is a, is a slight hitter's park, but he's somebody who injuries have, have always been something has kind of plagued him. He's only played 140 or more games twice in his career. I have some concerns about his run production. He's likely going to be hitting fifth in that lineup, but their leadoff hitter has exactly 24 games of MLB experience, and their two through four hitters all have injury concerns in Royce Lewis, Byron Buxton, and Max Kepler. He's somebody who he's fine for his price. If you're not expecting much upside from the stats you've seen in, in previous seasons, I think he's another dude kind of similar to Xander Bogarts, where if he just repeats what he did last season this year, you would call that a win, especially for what you're paying for him. Yeah. Even with the the disappointing season, he, he was still hitting the ball hard. I know you talked about the hard hit rate, but his average exit velocity was um, in the 70th percentile and the average exit or um, max exit velocity was in the type not top 9% of the league. So that does help blow average strikeout rate, but above average and walkout rate. He had walk zero or rate? negative walk rate. Yep. Sorry. He had zero and negative or negative run values by every single pitch type there is, which I, I, I guess, I don't know. Why did, why did we want him as a tiger? Because <laughs> we didn't want bias. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. It, and there's a, folks, there's a reason we have not talked about Javier Baez and, and Kyle and I, we were discussing this as we were kind of putting this list together and, and it was like, all right, who's going to do Javi Baez? And, oh, I don't know. It's like, dude, if I get him, I'm just going to roast his ass for like four minutes. <laughs> but he didn't even crack the top 24. So what does that say? Right. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Okay. It's time for football. 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 Um, so yeah, Chiefs and Chiefs and Niners rematch of uh four years ago. Um Kansas City won that. I saw that um Kansas City's now eight and three as an underdog with Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback. They're nine one and one against the spread, including a three and oh record in the postseason. That's just kind of absurd. Uh <laughs> Just from some further context for that, 
Mahomes has made 96 starts in the regular season and now 17 starts in the postseason. He's been an underdog just 11 times, and he's 9-1-1 against the spread. I got the Chiefs in this game. I'm just going to say it right out. I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I know that they didn't play well most of the season, but the last month they really have, uh, five, six weeks they really have. Um, I like the Chiefs. It's imperative that they get out to start fast and they get ahead um, because I think it'll be too difficult for the 49ers to avoid the strengths of this Kansas City defense. Yeah, their defense, they they really excel on the outside. And, and from a uh, San Francisco perspective, I think this is going to be more of a Debo game than it is a Brandon Ayuk game. But looking at both of these defenses holistically and, and, you know, you and I have talked about this a, a few times. If either team gets out to a two score lead, especially if we're in the second half, it's going to be very, very difficult to come back against those, the opposing defense. It is. And this isn't, you know, San Francisco's had to come from behind um, versus green Bay and Detroit. And we know that those defenses are not Kansas cities. So no. um, I just, I don't that the San Francisco defense is going to have to play better than what than what we saw in their their opening two playoff games for sure. You know, and right now, look, Kansas City, they are very it's a, a very narrow team in, in terms of who is getting touches. It's Pacheco, it's Rasheed Rice, and it's Travis Kelsey. And you look at the strength of the San Francisco defense, Fred Warner is a hell of a coverage linebacker, but he's not somebody you just put on Travis Kelsey and say, shut him down. He's not yeah. going to run with him 30 yards down the field. That's not his game. I have a hard time picking either side of this game. I think they're two very evenly matched teams, but they're, they're two teams that have some flaws. I think top to bottom, San Francisco has the better roster but that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that they're going to win the game. My lock for this game, I'm taking the under. I'm going under 47 and a half. I think this is a 24-21, 23-20 kind of game. Yeah, 24-20 is a, a score I like. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see whether it's Shanahan finding things to exploit or if Steve Spagnola can, can find some deficiencies um, could be the equalizer there. I will say the turnover battle is going to be most important of all teams that have won the turnover battle in the Super Bowl are 39 and seven teams that have won the turnover battle by two or more are 30 and three sick, sick. All right. Yays, if you're still around, man, I got some prop bets for you. You just heard about Matt's lock a little under there. Got some prop bets for the game. Just a few, just a couple, some fun ones. We'll see what happens. Uh, you mentioned it's not going to be a Debo game more than an Ayuk game. Still like Brandon Ayuk for the longest reception uh, in the game. It's 24 and a half yards on DraftKings. It's minus 115 right now. Um, Chiefs typically line up um, two high safety formations. Cover one is usually their 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 um, coverage of choice. Um, 
Brock Purdy's face single high coverage on 63% of his snaps. If I think you should expect some big plays from the San Francisco passing game. 49ers, uh, when they gain 20 or more yards on, uh, they'll gain 20 or more yards on 17% of their plays against that cover one or single high. That's ranked first. The Chiefs allow 20 or more yards on 12% uh, against in cover one, ranked 26th. I think Ayuk's the most likely receiver to benefit from that. We will see. Ayuk also is favored with the longest reception in the whole game, 300 plus 360. Hmm. Interesting. Um, another weird one that I did some research on. Brock Purdy's first quarter passing yards. Current line, 54 and a half yards on DK, minus 110. 49ers, you know, they're a run first team, but I really think it's going to be important. For Purdy to get, you know, let's get some easy pass plays for him early in the game. Get him in a rhythm. Um, Purdy has had at least 55 first quarter passing yards in 11 of 18 games this year. And two of those games, he only missed the number by just a, just a couple yards. So could be an interesting one to do. The other one I really like, my favorite one, it's Mahomes over four and a half rush attempts. It's minus 125 on DraftKings. Um in the 2019 Super Bowl, nine rush attempts. In 20, he had five rush attempts. And last year, he had six rush attempts. In the playoffs against Miami um, and uh, Buffalo, six each. It's safe to say he's going. <laughs> I, I just I just see it. It's going to happen. Yeah, and, and especially if you think the Chiefs are going to win, um, each kneel down counts as a rush attempt. So if he yeah. kneels down three times, you just need two more. There, there are a couple props I like. Um, the first one at plus 550, I like Christian McCaffrey to have a rushing and a receiving touchdown. All right. I think that's a decent bet. Um, I think, it, it, again, it's a, a, damn it, I almost said a Dubo game, a Debo game. Uh, I like his him to go over 78 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards. And then there's one more, and, and I've been hearing about this all week. Pacheco's going to eat this, that, and the other. Everyone is saying, you know, him going over his total 68 and a half. And this is one hmm. where I think he very well may do it, but at the same time, I want to fade the public. And here's why. Anyone who's ever worked retail and dealt with the public understands the public are a bunch of fucking idiots and I'm not going to follow them like a lemming off a cliff. So <laughs> I'll take the under. And if I lose, so be it. But at the same time, no, like the public are dumb. Not not you all who tune in as members of the public. I'm talking like the general public at large. <laughs> People are just inherently idiots. So those are my three bets. I, I feel most confident about the under 47 and a half. So if you're going to follow one of them, that would be the one to follow. But I'm also fairly confident in the, the CMC with a rushing and receiving touchdown. Dubo, that's as close as I'll ever get to a Super Bowl nickname. Kind of sounds like a guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you said Lemming just a minute ago off a cliff, and it reminded me of a computer game years ago called Lemmings, and you had to do certain things to get him to drop and stuff, and I just somehow had that memory. Um, Dubo, who are you going with? Chiefs yeah. or Niners? 
Blue, who you blue got? Yes. Yep. Blue. Kip, who you uh, got? Yep. Sound off in chat. the chat. Yep. Who are you put? Where are you putting your money at this Sunday? Oh, and what's I, on I mean, the dinner? I'll... What's on the dinner table? What's on the snack table? What's everybody making? We got a few minutes here to kill before eight. Talk some. Yeah, we do. Talk, I'll talk anything. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Um, and this is one like i don't really have a dog in the fight right um i'm just rooting for a good game and exciting you know i i don't want to see no damn blowout i don't really think anyone does unless you have a, a vested rooting interest in in one of the teams um dubo says he agrees with the under isn't it 47 there uh, yeah, totals 47 and a half, Dubo. You're putting that public school education to work there because that's <laughs> 48. Uh, and this is, and you're talking to two guys who are not math minds and had to take, you know, intro to math 101 in college. Right. I, I mean, I just went to college to meet chicks. So it, right. I, I have a few non consecutive semesters at Hawaii Community College Flint campus. Right. Hawaii. McLovin. Yep. God, those were the days. Oh, God. Used to have so much fun in our in our youth. Or youths. Yep. The two youths. That's me. I mean, I'm oh, still young. He said, yeah. he said he thought he heard 53. No, 47 and a half, brother. What's you got to remember, Kyle, that? like demographic wise, I skew younger. Right. Right. Yeah. That whole three months. Hey, I just, I appeal to a different audience than you. Right. You're the younger millennial or older millennial. And I'm the, no, ah, fuck. I fucked that up. Uh, no, you're, a, you're a Gen Xer. No, I'm an early Gen Xer. No, I'd be late. I'm a late Gen, Gen Xer. There you go. See, too many damn generations with these special names. Just give me some years. That'd be easier to go by. I'm a child in the <laughs> 70s. Heck yeah. Oh, um, all right. Well, excited to see you. You're coming to uh, the Mitten tomorrow. So That's we can right. hang out this weekend, get some stuff done for the podcast, watch the Super Bowl, relax a little bit. Yep. You can make some, me some food. Some buddies. Yeah, I'll make you some food. So I won't, right, I won't F up me. the sausage, gravy, and biscuits this time. I, I promise. You better not. Never cool. let you live that down. <laughs> um, so, yeah, rankings on the website, Stone On Sports Podcast. Check them out. Don't forget to smash them likes on there for us, guys, ladies, fellas, whoever, anybody. Um, subscribe. Tell your friends and uh, family about us. Uh, more position previews for um, baseball next week, of course. Uh, we'll uh, have some Super Bowl talk a little bit uh, as well. Um, see how everybody's bets did. and. Um, yeah heck yeah thanks everybody for joining us uh tonight and um every tuesday and thursday that you guys come i appreciate it um have a good night we'll talk to you guys later go right. chief well, apparently it's over and i didn't really get a chance to say goodbye but you know fuck me right appreciate you guys we'll talk to you tuesday yeah.